Welcome to another episode of Fast Women. I am Eileen. And I am Nicole. And today we are talking about Mazda, Toyota, New York City, and a little bit of Hawaii. Yeah. A little bit of Hawaii. You're like Hawaii? You didn't talk to Hawaii. me about that before. I know. I, knew, I, knew, <laughs> I know what the Hawaii part is about, though. It's, it's still a little ways off, though. Could it be tomorrow? Could we speed that one up? Make that I could use that oh, little, little time I, in Hawaii. I am so ready for a vacation, man. I am I am. I, I know I was like just in Key West for like a long weekend and it wasn't really a long weekend. It was like three days and I worked two of the three days. So right. it wasn't really a long weekend, but that like, doesn't count. That totally oh, doesn't count as a vacation. I am, I'm ready for a beach vacation. The only problem is now this time of year, it's like the places you want to go that have a beach are getting hot. I don't want to yes. be hot. I want to be comfortable in the sun. <laughs> You so now be, it's like you want beach, but you still want it to be like March weather at the beach. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I've waited too long and now I must wait till we go to Hawaii. But all right. So let's kick it off by talking about someplace that was not warm, was not sunny uh-huh. and was also not a beach where yeah. you went. You went to go drive the new Mazda CX 93 row electric. Not electric. Not it's electric. electrified, it's right? Electri- yes. Language, word choice matters. Electrified, but not actually electric. Yes. Yeah. So the CX-90 is Mazda's new three-row SUV, and it's available with a gas engine, and it's available with as a plug-in hybrid, which is the so electrified the, thing. So the plug-in hybrid still has the gas engine. It's yes. got your how many miles of all electric range you can get out of it? They didn't have the all electric range when I was there. I don't know if they've released it in the last... 20 minutes or whatever but in all of my stuff they had they did not have that information yet and, but you drove it we did okay so like how many miles of all electric range did I, it have when I, you turned I on the car like it's, we'll see and i didn't turn it on it wasn't fully charged i got it i i only i didn't i don't know that okay, that's okay. fair was it was it it's over not, 20 yes okay we go okay. with that it was so like i would say to me, it's like 30 to 50 is pretty much where you're yeah. going to end up for most things. So, okay. So it's over 20. So it's probably better than a Jeep Wrangler 4x8. Oh, every, isn't everything better than a Jeep Wrangler 4x8 pretty I'm going to let you who owns one be the <laughs> one who said that. I say that as someone who owns one. I'm like, you don't buy that because your priority is the greatest plug-in hybrid mileage that you can get. That is not why you buy that. I mean, you get a little bit, yay! But you're buying it because it's, it's for a hundred other reasons too, so... So this is going to be closer to, say, a Chrysler Pacifica hybrid, which has about 30 to 33, I think, ish. It'll be somewhere in there when the official numbers come out, I think. Um, Yes. So plug-in hybrid or a turbocharged inline six are your choices. Um, We drove both of them. We drove it in California, which was just, why is San Francisco so rainy and gross? Every time I'm there, there's mudslides and floods and all this craziness. In fact, we even had actual flooding on our drive route. They had us, because they wanted us to be able to experience the hybrid with hybrid driving, they had one group drive up to lunch one way and one group drive the other way, and then they took time to charge the hybrids, and then we took the other ones back. So on the route they had up, they actually... They drove through floodwaters, which I'm just going to, I mean, if it's a little bit of water on the road, it's it's fine. But like genuine floodwaters, that little turn around, don't drown. I All I could hear was that in my head. Like, don't drive through floodwaters, people. No matter what you see online, don't do it. Don't do it. You don't know what the road looks like. You don't know what's under your wheels. You don't know if there's still a road under the wheels because you don't know why it's washed out. So be very careful with that people i mean they did it's it. like it's not hyperbole people literally die mm-hmm. from going from driving through floodwaters every people year and they do it in die. cities they do it in rural areas they yes. do it everywhere and 
to see some of our colleagues taking some video of of them driving through flooded areas they're unfamiliar with it was very not cool i mean that's how i felt about it it was a little disconcerting because i felt like they all made it through fine um you know and we they, they were fine no one got into any trouble but just because you didn't get into trouble doesn't mean that you couldn't have the thing is you just don't know what's you don't know how deep the water is especially you don't know what the road looks like how do you know that that road that looks really flat actually doesn't have a big like dip in it and where it looks like it's only a foot and a half of water right there it happens to be eight like you don't know you don't know if there's trees in there you don't know how strong the current is you don't you just don't don't do that so there's and my washout is a huge problem Washout can be a huge problem, especially in Texas and California. You've got mudslides. You've got things running through that you don't see under the road. You just see what's on top of it. It's a tremendous issue. And so turn around, don't drown. PSA of the day. PSA of always. Turn around, don't drown. Yes, PSA of always. So I did not drive that route up. And I didn't actually even drive that route back because once Mazda, because the thing was, it was pouring rain. So it's like, what was fine five minutes ago? Suddenly whoosh is not fine now. So they rerouted us. So we did not drive through that and still had some twisties to drive through, but we avoided, um, the spot that was really flooded, but you could see from the heavy rain and they've had so much rain there that everything is so super saturated. It's kind of a mess, but to be fair, the car handled really well. I drove the gas vehicle up and it was really, it was really, really good. I mean, I found both of them good. I liked the hybrid a little bit better. I felt like it had a little bit more oomph, which technically it does like horsepower wise, 280 horsepower in the gas, 340 and the P have that's that's a, that's a little bit of a difference. That's that's enough that you notice it. So and there's even more torque. It's 332 versus 369. So all around, you're getting a little bit more oomph in the P have, and that's the one I liked. I liked it because it was more fun to drive. So Mazda has done P halves overseas for a while. They haven't mm-hmm. really done them in the U.S. So I have to ask: Is this a P have where you can feel? the electric power off the line being as more or do you just feel it as in it's got more more horsepower once it's up to speed how how do they distribute that power i i felt like it was a little bit of both so if you're mashing the gas pedal and you know it's in it's in hybrid mode and it's using that electric power instead of using the gas engine it does feel more responsive now i should be really clear it's not like the gas engine is sluggish it's a turbocharged inline six it's a powerful engine it's a responsive engine but i just felt you got a little bit more kick from the hybrid um so i like that better and you do i felt like when you were really leaning into it like on the corners we had these wonderful twisting turning roads to go through and as you're taking these really nice swooping turns through the countryside where there were no floods, it was, it, you know, it handles beautifully because it's a Mazda. I mean, it's still a Mazda. It's a three-row SUV, but it's a Mazda. So that whole, we put a priority on driving dynamics. We want you to enjoy the drive. This is a driver's car. This isn't just an appliance to get you from point A to point B. It has all that. I just felt it a little bit more of that to me in the hybrid. And we had some, we were really... They had a section where they put you on the highway so you could just kind of see highway driving, like straight up driving on the highway, merging with traffic, getting up to speed and for both of them. And then they had a section that was really twisty. Um, I did like my twisty section on the way up. I just have to share with you, I had no flooding, but I had everything else you could possibly think of. Um, I had cars because it was very rainy and very windy. Um, A big tractor trailer had a little trouble on the bridge and side swipe the side of the bridge. So we closed the bridge for a minute. While we sat on the bridge and the whole bridge was going, woo, 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 
woo, which oh, I that's know. fun. I know that from an engineering point of view, that's cool because it's supposed to flex. That's a good thing. But the non-engineering animal part of my brain was screaming, oh God, oh God, oh God, I'm going to die. Like it was very disconcerting. <laughs> so that would... So that was the first, that was like two minutes into the drive, just driving out of the city. Then because again, the, there was a lot of rain, um, a couple of cars bonked into each other on the highway. So there were Jeep bits strewn about from a couple of Jeeps that met their demise or their fenders did anyway on the highway. Then I was driving along and there was a little um, Dodge Dakota. It is no more. It like took a header into like sort of like I would say it's a canyon, but it was all like more hillside blocked the road off. And then a couple of good old boys in a pickup truck, like literally out of the truck. They just like haul off and shove the Dakota out of the way so that everybody can get by. The last part, though, was my favorite. I came around a corner, pretty speedy road that we're driving along. And there was a cow. Like. Just, just in the middle of the road, like a steer cow. Like he's just like he's like across it, and he just looks at me like, "What's up?" And I'm like, "Could you move, cow?" And I'm thinking, "Could you move, cow?" I had to. I had to. There's a dad joke in me somewhere. Okay, go ahead. Good job, Eileen. Little, little. Thank you. Very good. So the cow, and I'm, I'm thinking, what's, what's procedure? Do you honk? Will a cow like run at you? So I like honked, and I swear to God, this cow gave me its best. I give zero Fs look and just turned its head slowly like, <laughs> what? And then just ambled slowly out of the road and I was on about my way. So while some people had floodwaters, I had multiple adventures trying to get to lunch. That is very adventurous. And you were driving by yourself, right? I remember yes. you texting me and telling me, so you so you were the only one to witness all this. We must take your word for it. And honestly, it's so ridiculous. It has to be true. <laughs> How can I make this up? I'm like, this is serious. I'm like, Eileen, there's a cow. Like it was just, what is happening? happening like what world have I got into and no issues with me I was fine all of the colleagues that were driving were fine these were other the poor people of San Francisco crashing their cars and then all of us dealing with a really a cow who just was like my road now people So I have two things to ask you. One is, yes. how did you feel about the interior? We know Mazda's being on their pathway to premium. I, I, We had questions about that, especially with the screen and all of that. And then my second question is going to be, what hotel did you stay at? Okay, so I for the pathway to premium, totally on it. Pathway is like a highway. They're cruising right down it. It was absolutely beautiful. The one trim that I had, they, they had one on display that I we didn't, because they had static ones for us to take videos and stuff so we could see stuff. And the one that was just sitting there as a display at lunch had this beautiful fabric like on the dashboard that actually sort of had a book binding kind of stitch that ran all the way across it. Um, gorgeous interior. And then the one that I drove back had, it technically was not Alcantara, it was because Al, that's actually a brand name. Like Band-Aid is a brand name, like adhesive band Did you hear my eyes roll? I did. They rolled. But, okay. So technically not Alcantara, but just like that. So like that micro suede thing. And it was in this sort of saddle, like creamy brown color. And it was on the dashboard and it was on the seats and it was on the door panels. And it was the softest, most wonderful thing. I'm a sucker for those suede interiors. I know. I know. They're impossible to keep clean and it makes zero sense at all in a car with three rows of seating. That's probably going to have sticky fingered little kids in it. Don't care. The back can look however it wants. Up in Momville, up in the front, you're going to have all this suede. It was awesome. It was gorgeous, Eileen. I loved it. I I'm all for that. You buy what you like and buy yes, what you want. Don't exactly. regret anything as long as it's within your budget. And yeah, I mean, 
I'm not a huge fan of the micro suede. I do like it though on the dashboard because it's not reflective. Yes. Like I'm like, how can we have less reflective dashboards that I am all for? Micro suede. And the, my, my only thing that I am not a fan of, and I, in every Mazda, it's, it's a Mazda thing, um, is their infotainment system. It has all the right features. It even has like the base screen size is 10.25 inches. So it's big to begin with. The larger screen is 12.3. So you get a huge touch screen, which again, adds to that sort of premium feel that you have in a vehicle. Um, but it's only a touch screen when you're using Apple CarPlay or Android Auto. Otherwise, you have to use a little rotary dial controller on the center console. I don't like it. And, you know, I've complained about this and I have people who comment like online on my social media saying, I love it in my car. I hate it in my car. People are kind of divided. People love it. They say it's super easy to use. Other people say, I find it so frustrating. I won't buy another Mazda. It goes both ways. I'm not a fan of it. I want to be able to use a touchscreen. They did. One of the good things is they did move the, I was in a Mazda, uh, Mazda three, I think a while back and it has the same thing, but the touchscreen is still very far away. So if you try to reach it, it's almost like your wrist is on the edge of the dashboard and your fingertips are just touching the screen. So it's very far away. This was one, this they, easier to reach? Yes, they've moved it forward. So now it's just barely set back on the dashboard. So you can actually easily reach it. So they've improved that. Like they've taken into consideration, okay, people that are using this to touch this with, you know, smartphones, you got to move this a little bit. So they did position it better. I just am still not a super fan of that rotary what they have a but it's like a rotary dial thing i don't find it intuitive i just want to be able to touch the touch screen and i'm sorry that's like the one that's my one beef with the mazda product lineup and i even talked to their infotainment guy who does all the tech and i'm like i don't i don't like this he's like i know you don't i'm like i'm really sorry but you know their rationale is that what they say is it keeps your attention better focused on the road because you're not like say moving your hand from the steering wheel all the way over to the touch screen, which is like a stretch, right? And you're stretching it to reach the touch screen and you're putting your eyes on the touch screen. So you're pulling your attention away from the road. Theoretically, just putting your hand on the controller, less distracting, I guess. And you're not having to, you're supposed to like more focused on the road. I find the reverse because now I'm trying to coordinate a spinny dial and my eyes and where it's going on the screen. I feel like it pulls my attention more. For me, anyway. so I have Do to you- say, there's one car that I like that doesn't have the touch screen that I use all the time, and that is Acura. I okay. like how the Acura has the touch pad. I know people hate it. I like it because it's a one for one touch. So you touch it in the middle, yes. and it goes to the middle, and it selects. That is very intuitive for me. Moving a dial is not as intuitive, but I will say this: it's also extremely maddening the fact that. It works if I have Apple CarPlay, but we've decided it doesn't right. work if you don't have a, Like, who the hell made that decision? <laughs> I know, who I was know. like, no, a bridge too far. Convenience only happens <laughs> half the time. Like, where in the cost-cutting product planning was that decided? <laughs> because that person should be thrown out. They should be I put know. on a ship to somewhere and I not know. be allowed anywhere I near know. Mazda product planning ever again. And yeah. can I tell you, I exclaimed so loudly that my dog just got up and shook and was like why are you yelling (laughs) yeah it's it's just it's it's a weird combination and then you do the the typical thing where it's like you think you can touch the screen like you but then it's like oh no wait i can't and if my navigation oh if i'm not using my phone if i'm using the car's nav then i have to not touch and i like it's 
I find it confusing. I, I feel like they're like, like all in, go all in or don't go in at all. <laughs> like I, I, I guess it, yeah. I just, the half and half thing I find not great. So that truly is, that was my one complaint, like one. And it's not even specific to this vehicle. It's, it's how Mazda is doing their infotainment and they're, they're like, they're it sold on that. They are all in on that. So that's, I don't see that changing anytime soon, but as far as, the driving, the dynamics, the interior, which is just stunning. It feeling like a Mazda and having that, I know they don't do zoom, zoom anymore, but still having that zoom, zoom, because that's the most descriptive way to describe driving a Mazda. It still has all that. It still has all that. So if you can get past the infotainment system that makes Eileen and I a little bit stabby, fantastic three-row SUV. All right, that is the verdict on that. When we come back, we'll find out where you stayed for this Mazda drive. We'll compare and contrast it to the lovely accommodations you had for the Toyota drive, which I know a little bit of insider info about. And we'll talk a little bit about which vehicles, Nicole. We're going to talk about the Prius Prime and the Corolla Cross Hybrid. Fabulous. We'll be right back. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back to the second part of Fast Women. We are going to talk about hotels. Now, Nicole has stayed at two hotels on this last couple trips that I have yes. not stayed at, but one hotel chain that I'm deeply in love with. And in spoiler alert, it's not the Four Seasons, though I do deeply love the Four Seasons. The Four Seasons is lovely, but we stayed at the Hotel One. Woohoo! One hotel, hotel One, one hotels. Right? One, okay, one, one hotels. hotels in San Francisco, which funny enough, I had stayed at for a night truly like a week and a half or two weeks earlier for the GMC Hummer. So I came back and I had this moment of like, wait, what? Am I in the right spot? Oh God, did I go with the wrong OEM? Why am I here? Oh no, wait, this is where I'm staying. With it's Mazda. like when we're at the Alila and you're like, now where am I? Right. Who, has, like, who do we work with who has slept in my bed before? Yes, exactly. Right. Like, so, you know, people have been there. So I had a beautiful, it's a beautiful hotel. It's very boutique hotel. It's right downtown. Um, so you're right on the water across from that, the, the old, like the port right there. You can take the ferries you take to get to Alcatraz are right outside your door. But since it's not prisoners, it's cool. It's just tourists. Um, you don't go to the rock, the rock. So it's beautiful. Um, and I had a gorgeous room. It was like a corner suite. So I could see all the way down Ooh. the road. It was actually really, really beautiful. Um, and kind of impressive because when we woke up the morning of the, the morning we got there was nice or the day we got there was nice. The morning of the drive, like I said, was really crummy. The water was going sploosh right up over the wall there and splashing oh, yeah. onto the dock and onto the road. So it was, it was scary in a very cool way. Cause I was six stories up 
And it wasn't an issue for me. <laughs> um, so I love this hotel. Um, one of the things that uh, they have, and it's funny because none of us quite got this. So there's, there, it's very elegant and you, you know, it's sort of earthy. It's got lots of wood and plants. And so when you go to your room, there is a little fake plant wall. And next to the fake plant wall, there's a little shelf that's maybe like think tiny little shelf, like a little shelf you'd have like in some hotels in a bathroom just to put like your toiletries uh-huh. on, like right, little shelf. And I'm like, oh, okay. I walk inside and I notice that there is a rock, little rock, like a rock you'd find in your garden about fit in the palm of your hand. And it says, I believe it was not now. And I was like, well, that's an interesting decor choice. And then I realized. That's just your do not disturb. It's your do not disturb. But then I, Uh then I notice it's supposed to go on the little shelf. And the funny thing is you walk down the hallway and you find the rock on the shelf in front of the door. A little ways into the floor, <laughs> in a corner by the. Like I don't think everyone realizes, but the only reason I know it was supposed to go on the shelf because like okay, the do not disturb is actually that little rock, and you put it on the shelf. And I had a moment of, oh, that's why that rock is in the hotel room. <laughs> that's funny. I I appreciate that. I know that one hotels are designed to feel like they're a sanctuary. Yes. When you go in, and I do know that you can buy the hotel scent. Uh, of the one oh, hotels yeah. for a what specific is hotel. That? Is that sandalwood? What is that aroma? I, do, I mean, I can in? look it up. Oh my gosh, I love it. Each you, hotel has a different scent. And it's um, so nice. You walk into the lobby and like some hotels are like that. They actually have a scent that they use to make the lobby. And sometimes mm-hmm. you'll walk into every version of that hotel, no matter where you are. And it always smells that way. This smelled fantastic. It was really good. Yeah, and while you're looking that up, something else I want to mention. I went to a really cool restaurant, Eileen. It was called uh-huh. the Stinking Rose. And guess what it smelled like? Rose? Garlic. Garlic, garlic, garlic. It was all garlic. It was garlic everything. There's garlic decor on the walls. Everything that you order there has some kind of garlic in it. There were no vampires in my room that night. So I went to this amazing... Wow. Really, I went there with a colleague of ours, Michael Garfield, who is the high-tech Texan. And he had uh-huh. been there before. We went and they have, you can order like, it's just garlic swimming in oil with this giant roll. And you, sp- oh my gosh, it was really good, Eileen. It was so you can stuff. go, you can go to hotelsense.com, which yes. is, I think, kind of affiliated with the hotel. They have different hotels. They have the W Hotels, one hotel, the Edition Hotel. Love the Edition. You and I stayed in Edition when we were in Madrid. Uh, The Atlantis Resort and Marriott, which I don't want my house smelling like a Marriott. Mm. I'm going to be honest. Um, But they have it. It's called, they have um, the hotel collection. You can shop for that scent. And I love it. I have bought their candles. I love the way that one hotel scent. Um, One Hotel Miami is my favorite. It's very like, clean and soothing and relaxing yes. it does have a very spa vibe the minute you walk in the front doors um yes. it feels very it feels very spa so i now, stayed what i see now yes. how did that contrast yes. with your other destination where you okay. stayed the funny thing is is in the break when i literally said i mean i forgot where i stayed for toyota what was the name of the hotel she had to remind me she wasn't even there and she had to remind me where we stayed so we stayed at a westin which is a perfectly fine hotel. We stayed at a Westin that was directly across. I mean, you could see, you could see it from your window if your uh, your room was on the right side of the hotel from Legoland. So Legoland is like right there. And the funny thing is, as we are driving our cars, like they they staged the hotel as the area that was sort of like a hub and spoke thing. We went out on different drive routes right from the hotel. So we were back and forth to the hotel all day long. And you get out of your car and you're like, oh. Ah. Because people are like screaming on the roller coasters right across the street. <laughs> I do not care for that. Just flat out put it out there. I do not care to go near Legoland. 
Um, unless I have children and I don't have children that would be going near Legoland so I don't care for it I did I did not choose to go to Legoland the hotel itself was lovely it's very it's big it's one of those where you have to walk to like your you know once you get you check in in the front at the front desk and you walk outside and you walk to your building so if you're not paying attention you've suddenly lost track of where you are and the poor folks at Toyota it poured rain and everything required a walk outside to get to check in to get to dinner and you plan this and think this is going to be beautiful and sunny. It's going to be just fine. It was not. But they, they did run around with umbrellas trying to keep all of us dry. So they were wonderful. But I'm like, oh, that has to be the worst. You plan this whole thing. It's like, and it's going to rain? It's going to rain on us? We have these people outside. It can't rain. So um, so it perfectly nice hotel. Very lovely. Great service. I mean, it was a lovely Weston. But yeah, you have to be ready for Legoland. No, thank you. No, thank you. All right. So real quick, you said bright and sunny. We have already talked about the Toyota Prius. We've already talked about the Toyota Corolla Cross. Uh, You and I have driven. I haven't actually driven the Prius. I think I don't know if you have either. Have you driven the Prius? I think now you have. I have. Now I have. I've driven the Prius. I haven't. Okay. My so favorite thing about this, I got to tell you, the favorite thing about this is that everybody like, as I wish again, as I share so much stuff on social, as I'm sharing this, people are like, oh my God, it's actually good looking. Oh my God, the Prius actually looks, dare I say it, sexy. Like two words that never belonged in a sentence, Prius and sexy. No, but you know what? It looks good, Eileen. The Prius is a reasonable looking vehicle for a Prius. It is very sexy. Yes, Um, it it looks. That is my, that's my bar. That's all I've got. That's all you've got. So, which is just, if you, the old Prius looked so Prius. Like once upon a time, I feel like having that really overly angular butt kind of was a standout thing like you could look at a Prius and no matter how you looked at it, you're like that is a Prius and it stood out and there weren't hundreds of other vehicles that had hybrid or plug-in hybrid or electric vehicles out there so making it look so standout kind of worked right because it was a standout not just in the Toyota lineup it was a standout period the end compared to other vehicles now there's lots of vehicles that are hybrids. There's lots of plugins. There's lots of electric vehicles. So giving it that sort of weird, funky styling, it just looked weird and funky. It no longer looked unique and interesting. So I think it's good that they toned that down, like tone that down, make it look a little sportier, make it look a little better. So I like what they did with it. Um, and the other things with the prime. So they made this drive better. So with the new powertrain that's in it, There's 100 more horsepower than there was before. And there is 32% more torque. So, and it's more efficient than before, right? Yes. It's it's more more power and less gas guzzling. The range is up 76% to 44 miles of all electric range. Okay. That's not bad at all. For an all electric range and a plug in hybrid, that's pretty good. 44 is good. And they say it's going to get 52 miles per gallon electric, 52 MPGE. So it's definitely going to save you some money. And the thing is, this isn't outrageously expensive. You know, you're not like you think, okay, but I have to buy a plug-in hybrid and these things cost more. Yeah, they do generally cost more or they have a limited number of trims. So like maybe they'll knock off the lower end trims of the non-plug-in hybrid version. So you're stuck going to the middle of the lineup. So you can't get them as affordably. This one, the base, the, the lowest trim is about 32000 Highest is about thirty nine. That's not outrageous. That's very manageable pricing considering that you're also getting that all electric range. You're going to save some serious money on gas if you're driving a lot. I mean, it's still, I mean, the Prius is, it, I feel like this takes the Prius from being a has-been of a vehicle, honest to God, to being 
okay, no, now you're competitive. You look better. You drive better. You've got better range. You've got better fuel economy. Yes, you are now competitive instead of feeling like you're the old man of the group and you need to you need to step up your game. No, I like that, especially because during the pandemic, we saw a lot of people get rid of their leases. They got rid of their their second car. If they hadn't paid it off, they were selling it because they could get more money for it. And now mm-hmm. people are starting to go back to work. I know there's a lot of offices that are returning to a work mandate from the office. I think that mm-hmm. you need a commuter car now. And something that has that mileage to it, something that has has that reasonable looking, like you're not ashamed to go, but you can also plug it in and get right. some free, you know, some electric miles out of it. That's very appealing. And so I think that the Prius and the Prius Prime are entering kind of this redo of their own at this redo of America's workforce. And I think it's a good combination should people be able to afford it. And it sounds like the pricing is actually really good for that. Yeah, it really is. I think it's going to be a great choice for people. I think it's going to be Something that is people start looking at, okay, yeah, I do have to go back into the office. I don't want to have a car that has terrible fuel economy because we all know like gas prices aren't outrageous right now. They've come down from where they were. But you know, the minute that you buy a car that doesn't have great fuel economy, wham, that's when something's going to happen. And suddenly gas prices are going to go up and you're going to think, why didn't I buy something that was a little bit more efficient? This is that, this is that vehicle. Um, It's going to it's going to let you have a nice, attractive car that's comfortable, that has enough power that you like driving it, and it gets really good fuel economy. So I am I never thought it would be pro Prius anything, but I am pro Prius Prime. I, I genuinely like this. All right. So now you curl across hybrid. You've RAV4 hybrid. Didded. Mm-hmm. Hybridided. Which, which do you like better? What? Between curl across hybrid and what? RAV4 hybrid. RAV4 hybrid. So the RAV4 costs more money. It's a little bit bigger. It's supposed, I mean, theoretically, it's supposed to be swankier and a better drive. Is the Corolla Cross hybrid enough to pull people away from the RAV4 hybrid? Or is it not enough? um, I feel like, I feel like it could, but here's the thing, it's smaller. It's, if you don't want the extra size, it's not a huge difference between RAV4 and Corolla Cross, but there is a difference. So if you're someone who wants RAV4, but you want smaller, you want like mini RAV4, Go with a Corolla Cross Hybrid. Um, That's, so I think it's going to take some people away, but I think it's just, you know, it's a little bit more affordable. It's a little bit smaller. It has, it's got great styling. They made the Corolla Cross Hybrid style-wise a little different than the Corolla Cross. Like the, the color choices are a little different. The way they've styled the front and back of the car are a little bit sportier. They even have a sport tuned suspension on this. Now, don't go crazy. Don't think. I was like, going to say that. I don't, I'm not sure I agree with that. Right. But go so on. They said, they said there's a sport tuned suspension. It's not like if you're looking for a super performance car, not it. It's <laughs> not it. But if you want, like if you've driven the Corolla Cross and it just wasn't quite sporty enough for you, you want a little bit more engaging. The Corolla Cross Hybrid is. It is a little bit more engaging. So it has a, and because it's smaller than the RAV4 Hybrid, a little bit, the you know, the, the weight of the vehicle, the size of the vehicle, the lower center of gravity, it's a little bit more fun to drive, but it's not dramatically different. But I did like the Corolla Cross Hybrid, and it's, look at, like, pricing on that one starts at, like, 28000 That's Again, not bad. Pretty that's not bad. cheap. If you want to get yourself into a hybrid vehicle, that's, that's, that's good. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. All right. So when we come back from this break, we'll talk about the New York Auto Show, things we saw, things we liked, things we didn't like. We'll talk a little bit about the World Car Awards, which you and I are both voters uh, for those awards. Big winners. And then uh, at the end of the episode, we'll come back with scorecard. I already have my five questions ready. I am good to go. Let's break and come back. (laughs) 
VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. We are back with another segment of Fast Women talking about the New York Auto Show this go-round. And there are some kind of big news. There's some cool cars. There's yes. an electric vehicle we got to see for the first time. And, you know, there there was good stuff there. There was good stuff there. Was it, people are like, oh, it was a slow show. Yeah, but there was good stuff. The stuff that was there was good. I yeah, keep saying was, good. It was good. Think, well, you know what it is? I think it was a good show, but compared to the pre-COVID New York Auto Show, it was just a... It was so much less than what it was. Like you used to run around for two solid days going from press conference to press conference. There were reveals of wholly new vehicles that no one had ever seen before. There were updates. There were concepts. It wasn't nearly that. I mean, basically the auto show was over by what, like two o'clock. All of the OEMs had done their things. I think it was two-ish the first day. And then day two, it was pretty much everybody left. Like There wasn't a lot going on on day two. Some folks who did video and stuff appreciated it because there's no one there, so they could do video out on the floor. But um, yeah, it was like, but it was, so it was good. What was there was good. It was just a lot less that was there than it was before. So let's go through some of the stuff that we saw when we were there. Um, mm-hmm. First up, the revised Jeep Wrangler. Yeah. I think it was I, you, What'd you think? Yeah. I liked it. And I mean, they added some neat things in, like uh, the infotainment screen. They changed it. And I don't have the number in front of me, but there's a bigger infotainment screen that's available now. The old infotainment screen did look a little bit dated. It made it feel old school inside the Wrangler. Um, although Wrangler has that rough and ready thing, so I think they can kind of get away with it to a certain point. Um, they Now you can get it with a worn winch in the bumper instead of, like, instead of an aftermarket, like going with and getting a worn winch, mm-hmm. you can get it delivered to the dealer that way with a winch on there. And they also now have a, um, the ability to chart, use your four by E to charge other stuff. Like you have a little power box thing that you can get and you can, it's not like full on, like, you know, like a Ford F-150 lightning where you can charge your house for three days, but it does let you use the battery in your Jeep to charge other things. Like if you're out and I don't know, I don't know, whatever random thing you want to charge at a campsite, power tool, whatever you feel like it, flashlight, movie screen, <laughs> I mean, if it works, it works, right? I mean, I think that's kind of the the vehicle to load or whatever we're going to call that. That's the technology frontier, right? Right. That's what people want to do. They want to be able to charge their phones. They want to be able to charge their screwdriver if they have an electronic screwdriver, like that sort of stuff. I, I'm just throwing things out there. A saw. We're going to say saw. A microwave. Table saw. Microwave, a table saw. Yeah. Coffee maker. It, all, all these things that you would take <laughs> camping with you were for home constru- home construction needs. Right, um, right. So like those sorts of things. So it's great it can do that. Um, I'm all for that. 
So no, I thought that was good. I, I, think, I, think I think the Wrangler refresh is solid. Yeah, it's solid. And I did appreciate that when Jeep uh, brought their vehicles out on stage, they all had little rubber ducks in the dashboards. Like they're these like little ducked up duck, duck Jeep thing. I love that they embrace that. It's not like they try to pretend it doesn't exist. Like here's our Jeeps. Here's the ducks we got. <laughs> yeah, Jeep definitely knows their culture mm-hmm. and they're comfortable with that. And I think yeah. that's not a bad thing. Um, okay, so on to the next one, the Hyundai Kona. We saw the U.S. version of the Hyundai Kona. What do we think of the Hyundai Kona? We did. I like the Kona. I thought it looked nice. They had it. Was the Kona, am I thinking the right one? What's the color they had for the Kona? Was that the crazy color? Did they have a crazy color? It was color? like, I was. I would call it high viz. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it was the crazy color. <laughs> it was high viz. Yeah. Like it was so bright. It was like, oh, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. That, it's the point where you go, well, that's a choice. Right. That's a choice. Yeah. Um, oddly, it is almost the exact color of this key fob on the keychain that they gave me this week. <laughs> um, I'm looking down. I'm like, it's this color, whatever this is. Yes. Um, so, yeah. But no, I like how it looked. I thought they did it. I th- think they did a good job. I think the Kona is a, I think the Kona is a solid vehicle that gets under, it flies under the radar. People don't even, people don't know about it. Somehow it's just like, oh yeah, the Kona. Like, I don't know why that happens. Yeah, I don't know why either. And you and I have liked it. I mean, you and I liked it when we first drove it in yeah, Kona when right. it launched, I'm going to say like five or six years ago. And yeah. it's been a solid a solid addition to the Hyundai lineup ever since. And I think especially with Kona EV, it's really well-priced for what it is. And it's just, it's a really solid vehicle that ticks a lot of boxes for a lot of people. Yes. And if you're considering a smaller SUV, you don't need something, I'm going to say, as large as a RAV4. Mm-hmm. Like we're going to talk about how the Buick Encore GX, the Hyundai Kona, they're all kind of like in that category that it's worth considering. Yeah, I definitely think it's worth considering. And I like Hyundai's because I feel like they're also, you, you get a you get a lot of bang for your buck always. You know, whatever content is in there is always more than what you'd expect for the price. And their interiors are good. Even when they're not the fancier interiors and some of their more expensive models, their higher trims, they always look pretty good. They always do a good job of giving you a nice looking car that doesn't feel like they cheaped out. Absolutely. I agree with that. Now on to the vehicle that I think was probably your favorite at the show. What was it? What was it, Nicole? Is this the other Hyundai? Is this? Yes, the other Hyundai. Okay. So they had, okay, okay, okay. They had the Hyundai Ionic 5 Platinum Disney 100 concept. I think I got it. Can I just say the platinum vehicle was gold, but besides that, I know it's named platinum. It is gold. Details. Yeah. So they have a partnership going with Disney right now, celebrating 100 years of Disney. And for that, they came up with this ionic five that is all disney themed now some of it is concept stuff that you're not going to get on the real one because they are building a real one they are going to build it you are going to be able to buy it but like in the front of the one that you see at the show or if you look at the concept in the the lights in the back in the front it looks like little fireworks it has a very disney firework thing you can't have that because somebody somewhere probably says it's not safe i'm betting to drive down the car with little fire displays whatever uh, but that when the other things on the outside you get little badging that says disney 100 the wheels actually have a design that kind of just looks like a circle but when you know you know it's a hidden mickey it's like mickey mouse ears um, even when you open the doors on the door panels there's a little bit of trim that you could think was just like a little swirly stitch nope it's little mickey silhouettes his little head mickey mouse all along the door it has disney 100 embossed on like the headrest and the center console and there's special disney 
stuff. They weren't quite clear for the infotainment system. I There's think pixie startup, dust is what they called it. Yeah. Well, there is actual pixie dust on the glass, the panoramic glass roof. There's actual pixie dust. It's like a okay. little, like a little, like she's gone and Tink has sprayed some pixie dust. I thought this was really fun. For me, this was fun because I'm a huge Disney fan. I was like, I've looked at it and I'm thinking, okay, ready to buy an electric vehicle now, Hyundai, when are you putting this on sale? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they said they're going to make them. They haven't said how many they're going to make, but I, I have heard- a feeling they will be a, uh, Bring a trailer so before we I, know it. I saw one thing that said a thousand and one thing that said a hundred. I got two different and I don't, so I'm not criticizing Hyundai. I literally had two different sources. I'm like, I don't know which of those numbers are right. And that's a pretty significant difference in the number of vehicles. But yeah, so it will be a limited edition. You won't be able to get a ton of them. Um, but yeah, it's really cool. And I love that there's sounds. I love, I, I don't, I want to know what it sounds like. I want it to sound like. Do, 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 when I like turn on my car or something. I need I, to know. Every time you put it in drive, it should go bippity boppity boo. Like, yeah. I would just love that. Like, that would be, um, oh, like that's as much Disney as I know. It should play that. Yes. It should play the little, the little, yeah, it should do that or make a pixie dust sound. Like, pixie dust has been sprinkled in your car. I don't see why not. See. If you can have cars, if you can have cars that fart, you can have cars that pixie dust. You can dust. have cars that pixie dust. And, you know, I found it a fun thing talking um, to some folks who'd worked on various cars, this one, and also who had worked on, do you remember the Nissan? Yep, uh, the rogue, yep, this Nissan Rogue that was thing. They were trying to incorporate sounds into that one. Uh-huh. Didn't all quite come together the way they wanted because there's a lot. I mean, the licensing and approvals and everything. Yes, stopped. and the timing. It is incredibly complex to build any kind of car that's a partnership with another franchise yes. like that. But you know what? He told me the sound file for the Stormtroopers guns. Uh-huh. You know what it's called? It's literally called Pew Pew. That's like the official oh, I love name that. of the sound file. It's not just they did it for cute and sent it to him that way. They said, no, that's actually what the sound file is called. That's so that fantastic. Was my little nerd tidbit. Yeah. So that was my favorite car at the auto show. Go Disney. I want that one. Okay. So my down. favorite car at the auto show was the Ram 1500 Rev, Ooh. which is the new all electric Ram yes. 1500 pickup truck. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am very impressed with what they have done with it, especially that tungsten trim. Yes. It is. It's a very impressive step up. Ram already has some of the best interiors you can get in they the industry. They really do. And this just pushes that even further. And and it's just, it's fantastic. It executes on every level. Now, the question is, can it keep up with Ford with the F-150 Lightning? But there is a variable here we must discuss. Yes. Because by the time the Ram 1500 Rev comes to market, the timing's right, there will be a new F one fifty lightning, a next generation F one fifty lightning. So we so don't we don't and we don't exactly know what Ford has up their sleeves. So now Ford has a benchmark. Ford's like, we've got two years to finalize this. We know what Ram's offering. So it's gonna be really interesting. Like that to me, like that's that's the nerd excitement in me. I'm like, the Ram fifteen hundred Rev is really good, right. looks really good, solid offering, you know, battery power, five hundred miles of all electric range, all that jazz. Show me what you got. And then Ford, what do you have? And by that point, we'll start seeing, you know, the Silverado and stuff like that. That's coming in, you know, 300 miles electric. Blah, blah, blah. Um, but the, like these are, these are, I'm so unimpressed with the Chevy Silverado EV. It's not even Why funny. Why are you so like, unimpressed with the Silverado I, EV? What about like, it? You're like, meh. It is the level of like, I go into, a, into like a Marriott and I pull the towel off the shelf and I'm like, well, this could be a Kleenex. 
It could be, or it could, or it could like to name brand a tissue as we were going about tissue. earlier. Like, yes. it's just like, this is just serviceable. Like, I'm like, okay. it does not fit all the way around me. It looks fine, but it's not like great. It'll, it'll do most of the job, but it's just Chevy. like so uninspiring. So- I want one hotel's towels. And I feel like the Ram 1500, God it's bless Ryan Nagoti's soul. He has made, the designer of the Ram has made in this, like he's made me the one hotel's version of the truck. Okay, and that's, that's how I fair. feel about that. No, that's fair. So it's going to be in your mind. It's going to be a um, battle between whatever Ford does with their next F one fifty Lightning and the Ram Rev. And Chevy isn't also Ram. Oh, Chevy's just a, ugh. honestly. I do think it's going to be between Sierra because Sierra's interiors mm. have been a lot better. The Sierra EV, the Ram fifteen hundred Rev, and then also. Ford, like, let's just face it, unless Ford really changes something, they're not going to have the best interior. So they're going to have to make up for it with cool stuff and more range and better options. Now, Ford's really good at delivering what their customers want, but I have questions and I'm looking forward to 2025 and 2024 and finding out more. And that's that's how I feel about that. Gosh, darn it. Okay, well, all right then. I'm not going to argue with you because I agree with you, but I wouldn't argue with you anyway. (laughs) Well, that's good. That's good. I appreciate that. All right, one last thing we're going to touch on real quick is the World Car Awards. We have some winners here. Big winner of the day was Hyundai Motor Corporation. They had... Uh, I'm sorry, Hyundai Motor Company. Yes. I say it's Nissan Motor Corporation, Hyundai Motor Company. They won several awards for mm-hmm. the Hyundai Ioniq 6. Uh, they won, let's see, I'm going to read through the list. They won, why is this not, I'm like, I'm looking at the list. It's not as written. <laughs> They've set me up for failure. Okay, so the World Car Person of the Year was Sangyup Lee, who designed the Hyundai Ioniq 6. So mm-hmm. who on that? It is the World Electric car of the year i believe which was yes. also that and then it was the world car of the year, like the overarching world car of the year over of all the cars both of, the electric of all the cars all yes the cars. that is and a hyundai ionic 6 it is parked in my driveway right now i want to go introduce it to somebody today as the winner of the world car awards they went what's huh? that and i said it's the very prestigious jury nicole and i serve on and they just <laughs> looked at me um but if you haven't seen it it's shaped like a, an apostrophe and it's all electric, and it has some funky headlights. You're like you're leaning your head like it does look like, like an apostrophe. Yeah, I'm like looking at it. I'm like <laughs> I see it now. Okay, <laughs> uh, okay. So that's what the big winner was. The world luxury car of the year was the Lucid Air. Yes. which is a phenomenal vehicle. You and I have talked about that. Um, World Performance Car of the Year, the Kia EV6 GT. So that technically goes in Hyundai's hat because they're all part of the same. So like Hyundai like just owned this. They own the, And I, what I think, what's neat to me about the EV6 GT is, first of all, it's a Kia. This isn't a slight against Kia. It's a compliment to Kia. You're the performance car of the year. Like, who would have thought that of Kia once upon a time, right? Performance car of the year. Also, it's an electric. Like, it's such a neat coming together where it's it's up against everything. It wins performance car. It's an electric vehicle. It's Kia. I think that's a pretty, like, the Ionic 6 is less surprising to me or sort of, I don't know, in some ways nifty just because I'm thinking, oh my gosh, the performance car is a Kia. And I mean that in a good way. Like, go Kia. <laughs> it is a very impressive win for them. They they are certainly running on all cylinders, electric cylinders, which don't exist or not. Yes, the EV6 GT, I, it's not my world performance car of the year, but it's our world performance car of the year. And that I am wait, accepting of wait. as the are jury. Are you going to say what your world performance car of the year would have been? I don't remember what the nominees were. I literally was like, trying to click. I'm I like, need wait, to look. Show me. I have Let's to see here. Um, or, what were our choices? 
Nissan Z or the Toyota GR Corolla? I actually don't care. I mean, the Z is fine. I really don't care for any of those. You don't care for I, any okay, of them? So here's the thing with the EV6 GT. The yes. thing that, that is the difference maker, actually, that voting is actually quite close uh, for that. Um, the thing that was the difference maker for me is that it's just a setting. It's a hit the button and it goes. And yes. it's not like configured super special. It's just got more power. And, and like cool to me, calipers, 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 um, like word. it's fine. It's just like to me, that's not performance. It isn't speed. It isn't thrust. It's a combination of handling and braking and all this sort of stuff. And while the Kia EV6 GT is a fine sports car, yes. I'll give it that. I don't think it is a super awesome premium performance car so do honestly you think against the other cars that were there the G, what did you say it was the z and what was the other one the, the gr Cor- corolla i think the gr corolla is more of a performance vehicle okay. it is specifically designed to be performancey and honestly i'm looking at the voting right now the voting was actually close it was 807 to 767 mm, for the gr corolla yeah yeah it just and i mean all that. this voting is actually really close i mean world luxury car the difference was eight points between yeah. the bmw 7 series and the lucid air it was the Ionic Six was World Car Viewer was far above um, others, which I'm happy to say the Kia Niro took second. You and I oh, love a Niro. The Kia Niro. Mm-hmm. The oh, World Electric Vehicle very close. So the the totals of the three scores were seven ninety five, seven ninety one, and seven eighty eight. That so, is really close. See, and I think what the neat thing about that is what it shows. It doesn't show like because somebody has to win, right? One of these vehicles, yes. one has to win. What it shows you is that the overall quality of the vehicles that automakers are putting out there right now. I mean, we have this is the world car jury. It has jurors truly from all over the world with yes. all a worldwide dozens set of countries. Of- Set worldwide set of viewpoints of of cars that they're driving. We're not even in some cases driving the same cars. Like the World Car Urban Car of the Year isn't even one that we have in the United States. Like these are people and opinions and points of view from around the world. And looking at these cars, we narrow it down, and yet still everything is really close together. So have that diverse of an audience say, "Gosh, you guys all really did a good job," and it coming in that close is really a testament to truly all of those finalists that how good the cars are right now. Absolutely. Now, the world urban car is a Citroen C3. You and I have not driven that. Um, Correct. But the, what came in second place in that category is my favorite car name of of this, of the, I'm going to say this millennium. It's going to go up there. It's the Aura Funky Cat, which is just so cool. <laughs> and I've seen those overseas. I just love that name. Um, so that so you was would buy it place. just because it's called the Funky Cat? No, I've seen it. I would not buy it. Um, <laughs> but it's got a great name. I mean, I'm all for that. Um, I will say this. World Car Design of the Year. So the Hyundai Onyx 6 won that. But it's really interesting looking at these scores. You voted first, second, third, fourth, and fifth place. You you put points allocated for those positions. Right. The number the vehicle that got the most points for first place was actually the Land Rover Range Rover. But this got it, more points overall? It got more points overall. Which is interesting. Now, the Range Rover and the Lucid Air actually tied for the most, most points. So they both had 275. The Onyx 6 had 283. So not like there's a huge difference there. Right. Um, it's just really interesting how, you know, Lucid had more first and second, and, and Hyundai Onyx had more first, second, and third, and the Range Rover had more first, and then it had more third, fourth, and fifth. So it's, it's just... Interesting. Yeah, it is interesting interesting. to look how it all divides out. The tough thing really is, you know, when you're on these juries, you want to, you're really like, I think any jury you're on, because I'm on World Car and I'm on Nactoy and we're both on Women's World Car of the Year. 
you really want to give a vote that make you like, okay, I want to give the award to the right car. I really, you take, it takes time to go through all this. And it is sometimes difficult because you look and you think, well, these two or these three are both fantastic. Where am I going to put these points? Like, which one do I really think deserves to win this? Because when you're getting down to these final three vehicles, none of them are bad. I mean, you've gone through so many vehicles at that point. You've had great ones. You've had not so great ones, but you were really down to just the cream of the crop. And it can be very difficult to decide where to put your points. So to be the one who, you know, when everything, all the, everything comes together, you come out on top, you know, even if it's only by five, six, seven, eight, nine points still, okay, you're on top. And those, those brands that won should be very excited about those wins. Absolutely. I agree. And it is an honor to serve. I know people say that is an honor to serve on the world card jury. And I'm very thankful for the opportunity Same. as I know such, you are. It's such an interesting group of people and it's so wonderful. And we've, we've met colleagues from around the world that now it's so neat to be able to chat with them about opinions, about things we view it. And it's an issue of whatever here in the U S but it's a totally different issue in the UK or it's a totally different issue in Italy, same issue viewed very differently. So it is such a neat and interesting and diverse group Um, I'm really proud to be a part of this one. Absolutely. I agree. All right. So we're going to take a break. Now we come back. We've got scorecard. I've got five questions lined up for you, Nicole. Very difficult. Very, very mind bending questions. Oh God. We'll be right back in Alaska. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. All right, welcome back to the scorecard section of this episode of Fast Women. Nicole, I have five questions for you. We'll start off right off the bat. Okay. Knowing what we know about 2025, would you recommend somebody buy the Ram 1500 Rev or the Ford F-150 Lightning? 2025? Right yes. now I'm going look Ram. Into your, look into your crystal ball. Ram. You say Ram? Why are you going to say Ram? I'm going to say Ram based on what I know so far, what it looks like it has, which is a really solid truck. Also, I love their interiors, and I don't see the interior of a Ford matching up with the interior of a Ram at this point. I, I agree with that. And we also know that the four-wheel drive system is going to be great on the Ram 1500 Rev because mm-hmm. they've been working with Magna, which is the same company that is working with Fisker, yes. which they've been out testing. I, I got to drive actually a version of that four-wheel drive system that I don't know if I'm allowed to say that now. They didn't say it was for the Ram, but they're like, we're working with a company that has, <laughs> and they're like, okay, it's Ram. Um, but I actually drove that four-wheel drive system. I drove it last year, a yeah. year and a half ago. And it's phenomenal. So to know what they're going to be fine tuning in the next two years. Um, yeah. I, I'm a big fan of the Ram 1500 Rev. Looking forward to seeing what Ford brings to the Lightning. All right. Question number two. We yes. talked about the Hyundai Kona. You and I have been to the island of Hawaii together. Hawaii. Um, yes. What is your favorite Hawaiian food? I will accept spam as an answer. Okay, so it's you not know. spam. Although the most impressive spam aisles that they have. Oh my God, there's like a million <laughs> kids. Like you walk into the grocery store, it's a spam aisle, not a section with other stuff. It just, this is the spam aisle. Um, my favorite Hawaiian food. Oh, you know what it's going to be? The fruit. The fruit is so fresh, like the mango and the papaya and the pineapple. It's super, super fresh. Kona specifically, I'm about the coffee, but I feel like that's not a food, although we might think of it that way. So I'm going to go with the fruit. The fruit is just amazing. In Hawaii. 
I agree with that. I know that you've already said that when we go to Hawaii together in a few weeks, you're going to be eating the poke bowl. That yes. we are not going to the macadamia nut farm, but we will eat macadamia nuts because we love macadamia nuts. Yes. We will try and get to a coffee farm. There's a plantation. Am I saying plantation? I don't know if I should. I think it it's was a coffee co- plantation. Isn't that what they called it? I think um, so. I don't sorry remember. Sorry for making a political misstep. I think that's what they called yes. it. <laughs> um, the, the coffee farm. Uh, in Kona, where we went to, that uh, we got coffee from before. I've already gotten a request from my husband to bring more of that back, yeah. uh, if we can get there. So there's there's a number of things. Um, third question for you. We yes. didn't talk about this, but Volkswagen debuted at the New York Auto Show their peak edition, which is just different exterior accents. It is. Okay. They're like, ah, you're like, oh, it's body cladding. It's, it's literally supposed to make it look black on the outside like it's just dark Aww. accents it's got the new the new face of the atlas it's fine it's yes. fine right like you look at it you're like oh, okay it's just black okay okay nicole why would someone buy an atlas this is a question <laughs> <laughs> like there's nothing demonstrably terrible about it I, but you like, know what? But like, like what would make someone be like you know what Yes, the Atlas is for me. I mean, it looks, I was going to say fine. That's such an insult to say that anymore. I feel like the Peak Edition does make it look a little bit more ger-arg. But I feel like the color for choice right now is orange, people, to make your vehicle look rugged. Orange, bronze, dark gold, something like that. That's what everyone's using. It's always these orange accents. I I like how this looks. I think it looks great. Um, But I, I don't know what, I don't even know what the person who buys an Atlas is. I never see them on the road. I don't feel like a lot of people know why they're buying an Atlas. It's like, totally I feel fine. Like, I feel like you buy an Atlas because you want an Atlas. Like you already own a Passat or you're whatever. You're already at the dealership. Maybe, they like have like one Volkswagen. in stock. Yeah, and you're you like, like I like my dealer. You like Volkswagen. You want to stick with Volkswagen. So now you need a bigger vehicle and voila, you're buying the Atlas Peak Edition because you like, you want to stay with your Volkswagen, but you need something bigger. I like Volkswagens. I had a Beetle once. It was one of my favorite cars ever. I love my little Volkswagen Beetle. Yeah, I can't answer that either. Like, I don't, I don't know other than the fact people must like their Volkswagen dealerships. I know they're conquesting customers from somewhere. I assume it's like Mitsubishi. I don't, I don't know <laughs> where they're coming from. But, um, you know, kudos to them. I mean, the Atlas isn't terrible. It's just not inspired. Yeah, I would say that's fair. All right. So that's, that's, that's my thoughts on that. All right, next one. Yes. Um. What are the three best rides at Disney World? At Walt Disney World? In all of Walt Disney World? Sure. Okay, three best rides at Walt Disney World. Um, I'll let you figure out the criteria. No, for what I'm just going to say the, the most fun. And because one of these everyone's going to hate uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, which is like a roller coaster style ride, which I have said is a little bit like riding in a car because of how the car is. It feels like drifting on a track. If someone's really good at taking the corners and you drift, so I like Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I also like Test Track because it's just fun to come blasting through those doors and take that really, there's this really banked curve. It's super, super banked and you go whizzing through there really fast. Is that the uh, Tron one? No, that's it. The Tron one is the Tron one. Tron did not make my list. I like Tron. Okay. I okay. like the Tron one, but it's not my favorite one. You know, my all-time favorite ride of Walt Disney World. It's my Small family. World? No, it's okay, worse. Good. Okay, It's worse. <laughs> it's my favorite ride in Disney World. I um, It's called Living with the Land. Okay, when it's been crazy, and you've been running around with the kids, and it's hot, and you're like, ah, it's a, like a boat ride. It's in Epcot, and you it takes you through like the um, hydroponic stuff that they grow, and it's like, and they talk to you about naturally sourcing. I don't care about any of that, but it's the most relaxing where like you get off the road, you're like, 
I feel like I just had a massage. Like it's the most relaxing ride in the entire park. The living with the land. That's my favorite. I have to say, I have ride. I have never been to Walt Disney World. I've been to Disney Springs with you. That's the closest yes. I've ever gotten. Mm-hmm. Um, I have flown over it. That's as much as I know. Um, but I will say one of my favorite rides at any amusement park, and yes. I don't know if they have this at Disney World, but it's the ones where you get in the raft and it like takes you on the 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 wavy river sort of thing, and then you can get soaked or not get soaked. Oh yeah, those are some of my favorite. I don't know why I like that so much because you get, end up smelling like pee at the end. They but I really those, enjoy it. Um, the Animal Kingdom has one called Kali River Rapids, and it's exactly what you're talking about. And you yes. go through, and you get, and it's yeah, you kind of smell nasty at the end because the water yeah. just it's just. But man, on but a hot day, it. you're like, yes, I oh, will smell like best. pee. This is wonderful. We were at Disney. Um, we went a lot during 2020 when they first reopened, and no one was going to amusement parks, and it was so empty. Like it, we just rode it a million times. At one point, the Kessers were like. You don't have to get back in in the non line if you just want to ride or it gets just sit there. Let us know and you can go again. We're like woohoo! I also like the ones where I like the water stuff when you're like in a toboggan. I'm gonna say log. like it's or like a wood a log. log and like you go and you like a wee like that. But but the ones so I don't know if they have this by you, but the one amusement park by my dad's house yes. they have it and it's like a single person or like you have two people in a row or three people in a row or four people in a row okay and so it's just it's just a single log you're literally oh. riding the log and so like when you go down it's a as opposed to like a with the raft thing this is That's my this, difference the, the one they have in disney which they just closed they're redoing it used to be um splash mountain and it's going to be themed to tiana Tiana is something, something in a couple of years when it reopens, but it has eight people. You're two, 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 like sitting in a big log. Okay, and, yeah. and it does not matter. So here's the thing. If you ever, if we ever find ourselves in an amusement park and you don't want to get soaked, but you want to go on the water ride, ride with me because it doesn't matter where I sit, the weight of the car, anything. It does not matter. I will have so much water in my face my mascara will run so I look like a raccoon and it might just knock the contact lenses right out of my eyes. Everybody I else in the entire thing moment. is totally dry. I'm completely drenched. I'm a magnet for the splash at the end of that. <laughs> I look forward to that moment. All right, one last question for you. Having just been at the New York Auto Show, I'm actually going yes. back there this week. Mm-hmm. Are auto shows back? We've talked about it. Are auto shows back? Yes. I kind of felt like, like this felt like a show. Like, okay, this, from the journalist this, end, there's less stuff. But like from the consumer end, it yes. felt like this was a show. So there's more. So the, so for consumers, they're back. They've got all the cool stuff. They're trying to give trying to give you plenty of reasons to come and check out the show. They have all sorts of ride and drive things that you can do. Like Jeep has Camp Jeep that you can. They drive you along up all this crazy stuff. And if you've never done that on your own to have to ride along with someone is amazing because you're like hanging from the seatbelt. It's really cool. But they have different things you can do where you can experience drives. You've got every vehicle. You've got everything. You don't have to go from the dealership to the dealership to the dealership. You don't have to deal with, I don't want to talk to a salesperson. I just want to see this car. You can see it all. Now, whether you can get it all right now with the way production is, question mark. But in that point, that point of view, yes, auto shows are back. They have all sorts of cool stuff. They're trying to make them even more consumer friendly than ever. From a journalist perspective, they're still working on it just because they haven't quite gotten up to size yet in terms of the reveals and stuff. But yeah, auto shows from that point of view, if you were someone who likes to go an auto show or was thinking about it, go. If you're thinking about buying a car, go because you're not you're going to see more cars in a smaller space than you will ever see in an entire weekend of driving around from dealer to dealer in your home. Absolutely. I agree with that. All right. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Fast Twin. We'll be back next time with some sort of content. I don't know what we have coming up. 
I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what's we'll going on. It we'll right. figure it out. That's right. I go. I just go wherever my phone tells me to. That's basically where <laughs> we are these days. All right. Thanks so much for joining. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. After being a staple in American media for over 90 years, Newsweek now brings you an exceptional lineup of podcasts. The debate. They'll recognize how these policies aren't working. They'll feel the pain and they'll change their behavior. The Josh Hammer Show. Restore the principles and the political paradigms of the American founding. The Crystal Knight Show. Just because officers are black doesn't mean that the policing system still isn't inherently racist. Fast women. Chevy's actually doing really well and Honda's really not. Wow. It's like the opposite of most people's perception of them. It is. The Parting Shot. Every year when the new nominations are announced, I get this excited, nostalgic feeling, and it brings out that little kid in me who just loved movies. The Royal Report. Harry and Meghan's head of comms has announced they now move forward to their kind of future outside the royal family. Newsweek Podcasts. New episodes drop weekly. Download or listen now at Newsweek.com or wherever you get your podcasts.